We are continuing our look at eternal security next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Can a true believer ever be lost? The real question is, how complete is Jesus Christ's sacrifice? Hi there. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. We're continuing through the book of John, and we find ourselves in the middle of a mini-series, if you will, looking at eternal security. Can a true believer ever be lost? That's the question we're answering out of John chapter 10. With today's broadcast of Truth For Today now, once again, here's Pastor Phil Howard. As we go to John 10, 28, I'm using it as a diving board to uh, continue this theme, can a true believer ever be lost? And today I just want to look at uh, four different works uh, of the Holy Spirit. We've looked at what the Father has done that seems to give us full assurance that he can keep us. Uh, what the Son has done that assures us that our salvation is anchored in someone more than our own strength. And now I just want to look at four works of the Holy Spirit uh, that seem to me to shout that whom God saves, whom he begins a work in, uh, whom he makes his sheep, he will in some way see that they arrive safe on arrival. Uh, let's just look at verse 27. We've been looking at this the last few weeks as our point of departure. Verse 27, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You're not a sheep if you don't follow. You're not a sheep if you don't follow. You're not a sheep if you don't follow. So you start telling me about these people living like whatever, living what. And they say, I was saved in the third grade. I was saved in, you know, in conception. I was saved somewhere. I don't care about the when. Do you follow? Do you follow Christ? You do not. You do not love a God you will not obey. You do not know a God you will not obey. Jesus said it throughout his upper room discourse. If you love me, you'll do as you please. No, you'll keep my commandments. So obedience is a true mark of the believer. Never perfect. We're not a people free from stumbling. We're not free from having to confess sin. We're not free from marital spats. We're not free from getting uh, a little rile, maybe on the highway once every five years. Uh, <laughs> those kinds of things. But... Uh, he said, if you're my sheep, you hear me. You, you can, and I think, if you never hear his word, I would ask if I'm a sheep. You're not according to Jesus. Do I do anything he says? If you don't, you can be religious to your toenails. You won't make it. You, you, you've got to be someone that from the heart, I, he said in 1 John 5, to those who love God, his commandments are not burdensome. It's not hard to obey someone you love. But if you don't love him, 
You, you're never going to find a place to want to obey. So he goes on. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Today I'm going to deal with the Holy Spirit. Next week I'm going to be speaking on why we take communion because I feel many of you don't understand uh, what communion really means. And then for our final message in this series, I'm going to speak on the if passages, uh, if you continue, and talk about those passages and examine them in light of the security of the believer. What about the passages we're told to follow, to obey, if you don't? And so I'll try to deal with problem texts and... Uh, Verses that may say, there's no guarantee you will make it. And there is none if you don't follow. You, you won't, we have no assurance we will make it if we don't follow. There's no assurance. Get saved, as it were. Live as I please. And, and you're there. No, sheep follow. Now, let's look at four works of the Holy Spirit uh, in relation to our salvation and see uh, what bearing they have on this matter of the security of the believer. Let's look at that. Uh, John 14, Jesus made a promise in the upper room that goes like this. Verse 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. 16, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. And in the Greek, another of the same kind of helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of, spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you, alongside of you, and will be in you. Old Testament saints had the spirit alongside. He came and went at will. He came upon Samson. He left. But Christ is saying, he is with you now, you disciples. There's coming a time he will be in you, and he will be in you forever. Now, let's look at a passage in Titus, the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. Titus chapter 3. I'm listening for pages. You don't trust anyone that doesn't open their Bible when they preach to you. Uh, and I don't need an iPad. A Bible would do. Uh, Verse 4, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Now, help me out on language. Is that future tense, present tense, past? Can you ever say in this life, I've been saved? Have you ever heard of Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace have you been saved? And it's a tense in Greek that it happened, it remains. Here, it's just a completed tense. We've been saved, not because of works done by us in righteousness. Now, I ask you this. If we never did anything good enough to be saved, can we ever do anything bad enough to be unsaved? I just ask the question. I have to do funerals every once in a while for people who commit suicide. And people are always asking me, did they go to heaven? Didn't they? And I say, if they were sheep, they went to heaven. Well, is it a sin? 
Yeah, but they might have cussed three minutes before they died. Is that a sin? Am I telling you to cuss before you die? Am I telling you to sin? No. What undoes you? Well, good works didn't save you to start with. So he saved you when you were doing everything but good works. But according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, when we poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The Holy Spirit was very active in making you a child of God. He spoke this to uh, Nicodemus. A man must be born of the water and of spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And so Nicodemus is thinking of natural birth. And he, he asked the question, can I be enter my mother's womb and be born twice? Christ said, no, no, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a spiritual pregnancy, a spiritual conception, a spiritual birth unto eternal life, that the Holy Spirit, like the wind that's unpredictable, that blows and we can't see him, but we see the effects that he leaves. The Spirit works on you. He convicts. He draws. He uh, convinces you of your need of Christ. He convicts of sin, of righteousness, of judgment. And so this whole process, you know, a woman can be pregnant without her knowing it. Won't take long, but she doesn't know it necessarily. Takes a while. And then all of a sudden there's signs. Things are changing in her body. Uh-oh, something might be going on and nine months will tell the tale. Normal. And so it is. It's mysterious that in regeneration, I am passive in it. I, God is doing something. I've heard the same songs, the same sermons. I've been in church. But all of a sudden, it takes. Something starts generating in me new kind of life. A renewal starts in me even before I've even maybe professed faith. I'm not even aware of what's going on, but this life is growing in me and growing in me. And I see this going on through conviction, through the Spirit of God causing me to want to repent and turn. I begin to start loving the thought of Christ. Uh, I'm always afraid of hell. You know, if the only reason you ever want to be saved is not go to hell, that's not enough to go to heaven. You've got to come to love Christ. Anybody in their right mind just say, do you want to go to hell? Oh, yeah, I do. I've been thinking about it quite a bit. No, 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 no. Say, would you like to follow Christ? Oh, I'm not interested. Does he like to do this, this, this? No, he doesn't. Matter of fact, he's against it. Forget it. I don't want anyone to mess with the way I want to live. So that, that's the test. But when the Spirit is regenerating and he begins washing the inner man, it's like a bath. I think faith is the end of the pregnancy when the baby comes outside the mother's body and the doctor smacks and you hear this, ah! And in the new birth, the first cry is, I believe. I want Christ. I trust Christ. I leave all of my works. 
I'm not relying on any other righteousness. I'm not trusting church, works, law, any. I trust Christ. That's the first cry of the new birth. And who was working in the heart? Who was bringing about this life? Who was washing? Who was convicting? The Holy Spirit. Now, will all of this process end ultimately in an abortion? Will it be aborted? Will it be for not? No, I don't think so. This birth is supernatural. And what God begins in the heart, he said, he will not stop till he completes it. So the Spirit was actively taking a part in bringing you to Christ, giving you new life, and regenerating you, washing you, bringing you out of the old life. So he's actively involved. Second thing he is doing in the believer is he indwells the believer. Now, if I ask you uh, that, if, if I ask this question, are, are we a, no, it's not we, you. Are you a Holy Ghost believer? Wait, okay, I want, I want to show a hand because you, you're so sealed at the mouth, I can't hear any of that. <laughs> if I ask you, are you a Holy Ghost believer? Raise your hand. Yeah, yeah. You're not a Christian if you're not. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, God doesn't even claim you. Romans 8, 9, right? Every believer is in the realm of the Spirit. Romans 8 says you're either in the flesh as your realm. I see you either in that, and that's condemned, that's Adam, or you're in the Spirit, okay? So we are holy. See, if I, as soon as I say ghost, some of you get nervous. Uh-oh, he's in one of those sanctified on fire churches. Well, I don't mind it. I'd rather be in a sanctified on fire church than a non-sanctified frozen church. So I, I, don't, I don't mind a little fire and a little sanctifying. But your problem. I'm a Holy Ghost Christian. You ought to be. You're not saved if you don't. But the Holy Spirit is the lost member of the Godhead in the conservative church. They don't talk about him. You know, that might make you charismatic. Well, it helps some of you. I do have spiritual gift, too. That's called the charismata. See, we get all this reacting and polarizing and, and all of that. We are spirit people. We were born of the Spirit. We were brought by the Spirit. We're indwelt by the Spirit. He's turned our body into his temple, his dwelling place. He lives inside every believer's body. He told the Corinthians who were continuing to be immoral and doing outrageous things as believers in 1 Corinthians 6, Cut it out. Cut it out. Why? Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which has been bought at a price, and you're not your own. Your body belongs to Christ. So whatever you do with your body now as a believer, you identify Christ with the deed, whether it's sin, if it's good. Don't take Christ where he doesn't want to go. That's what he's saying. Now, in this indwelling ministry, uh, there's at least four things he does in that relationship that lets you know he's on board. Four things, at least. Uh, first of all, uh, he fills the believer. He fills the believer. 
We're commanded to be filled with the Spirit in Ephesians 5.18. We're told to walk in the Spirit. I take being filled with the Spirit since he's a person. I, you know, I used to think of the Spirit as a, a substance, like uh, water. Uh, you're half full. I'm a quarter full. Now, he's a person. I didn't get an arm of the Spirit. I didn't get his leg. I got all of it. You either got all of him or you don't have any of him. He's a person, right? Well, what do you mean to be filled with him? To be filled with him is basically be filled with those qualities that come from him. Be filled with those qualities that come from the Spirit. Well, what are they? Well, they sound like this. The fruit, the evidence of the Spirit in the life is love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now, if we made your epitaph, could we choose one of those nine words to describe you? Here lies Sister Love, who stayed mad as a wet hen most of her church life. Or here we bury Sister Lamentations who was always poor me, poor soul, never had joy a day in her life. Joy, what's there to be happy about? Joy, nobody left me any money. Joy, no, no, but when the believer is being controlled by the Spirit, guess what? Love, joy, and peace right there. Telltale signs, and you can tell when you're having those qualities in your life, whether you got self-control or if you've got a short fuse. Uh, if you're gentle or if you're brusque and you're abrupt and, well, that's just the way it is. My people tell it like it is. Well, my people tell it like it is too. But I thought you became a new person. I thought you were Christ's person, not your family. See, what's wrong with some of you? You've never thrown off the family patterns you were born with and forgot you're in a new family and you can't drag the old family patterns into this family. Your family yelled at each other, bore grudges, talked to each other, maybe had all kinds of dysfunction. Well, you're in a new family with a new father. And you got to learn to relate in this family like he relates. Because your family template was not inspired, believe me. I, I know you had a great family. Great. But the new family is to operate off the qualities of the Spirit. How do you settle differences? Well, we bear a grudge. We're never going to let you forget it. You hear it? Oh, thank you. Uh, what, what chapter and verse you get that from? Uh, Howard 9.1. Okay. He fills believers. I know he's in me because his qualities are manifested when he's controlling me from within. Two, uh, he grieves in the believer. He grieves. I know he's on board. Look at Ephesians 4.30. Ephesians 4.30. He says, And stop grieving the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Well, what grieves the Spirit? That word grieve means to make sorrowful, to make sad. Uh, what, what make, you mean the Spirit in me will grieve? That's what he says. Stop grieving him. What grieves him? Watch. Let all bitterness held over anger is normally bitterness. And wrath, 
And that's the word for outburst. Uh, it's what we call the uh, blow-up kind of anger. And the other is just regular anger, which is, I won't blow up, but I will seethe forever. It's the low burn. I'm mad at you. I won't have any more relationship with you. Did you blow up? No, it's a passive-aggressive man. They're the scariest man that I know. I can't stand passive-aggressives. I cannot, because they look nice, but I, underneath, they're boiling. And you don't watch out when you're not looking. They'll hit you upside the head. I'd a lot rather be around the guy that he looks mad so I can figure him out. But the ones that look nice, that are seething, real scary, get rid of it, get rid of it, and clamor, loud speaking, slander, always talking down people. People are never safe out of your company. They'll tell you anything good when they're with you, but don't get away from them. Uh, along with all badness, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Guess what? The Spirit, when you're not taking care of anger, forgiveness, kindness, he starts grieving. He starts grieving. And uh, he, he just, you start feeling sadness. So, so something's wrong. What's wrong? I, I feel like there's something uh, not firing right. What's going? Oh, it's the wonderful ministry of God's Spirit uh, working on you. And many times, he's working on a hard heart to get you to say, I'm sorry. Or working on your heart to say, let that grudge go. Or get rid of that bitterness, uh, that unburied hatchet you've had for years. Grudge bearing, negative in relationships, down on people. Always, wherever you are, there will be misunderstanding. You'll see to it. You'll see to it. And, and, and it grieves the spirit. And he, he wrote the Corinthians about a sinning brother, most likely the brother living with his uh, stepmother, 2 Corinthians 7. He said, know this, that godly sorrow, sorrow that God brings to the heart, produces repentance that is not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world leads to death. A lot of people go to a bar and get semi-drunk because they are grieving, they're in sorrow, maybe in pain, and so they want a, a sedative to uh, control an aching heart. And so the bar is about the best they can find. But what's the end product? They get no better. They become an alcoholic. But sorrow in the believer is produced by the Spirit to get us to repent of the sin we've been doing that's causing the Spirit to grieve. In John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, he writes, Therefore many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these... He says, these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. And at the end of the day, that's what our series through the book of John is all about, that you would believe that you would have life in his name. You have questions? We might have some answers. If not, we definitely have access to the one who does through prayer. We'd love to hear from you. Please. Feel free to get in touch with us. If you have questions, comments, prayer requests, maybe you'd like to 
listen to today's program again or obtain the entire series, well, feel free to get a hold of us at 855-833-9864. Again, that's a toll-free call, 855-833-9864. Otherwise, you can visit our website, valleybible.org. We have resource materials available there, books, as well as information about who we are and what we believe. If you'd like to join us for worship at Valley Bible Church in Hercules, our service time and location and directions can all be found again at valleybible.org. Or if you wish to speak with someone again, call 855-833-9864. Now, if you are writing to us, especially if you are planning to be a TFT sustainer, supporting the ministry financially as you're being blessed day by day here from Truth For Today, well, you can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. Now, as a TFT sustainer, we'd like to remind you that no gift is too small, no gift is too large. And as you partner with us, please remember that your tax-deductible donation all goes back into the ministry, 100%. Now, as a TFT sustainer, you'll receive a quarterly newsletter, our annual special gift, and access to Take a Break with Pastor Phil, the weekly video devotional. Plus, also the benefit of knowing that this ministry will continue here on KFAX Monday through Friday as well as Sunday. So contact us today, 855-833-9864 or valleybible.org. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 